The first hour of Sports Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome into Sports Time on a Monday. Bryant and Brett with you for the next three hours and a lot to get to. Such a busy weekend in sports, especially here in Memphis, and we're going to try to get to as much of it as we can. Uh, But like I said, Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. Brett back from a uh, trip to Alabama over the weekend. Brett, how was your weekend? There were a lot of people from this area down in that area between Tiger fans at UAB and Ole Miss fans and Auburn fans and Alabama fans and Tennessee fans in in those areas but it was a it was a good weekend for the Ole Miss partisans for the Bama partisans and for the Memphis Tigers and I think for the Tigers and we'll talk a lot about it uh at 3 30 with with Jonah Dillon from the commercial appeal on the Tiger football beat I thought the Tigers and Ole Miss had a very similar great win they both did it with kind of playing their C game I think you're right yeah I mean it's certainly for the Tigers especially uh the first uh, the first half w- was ugly, and it wasn't like we've seen in recent games of like a slow start where Tigers offense can't get going. It was almost the opposite. The Tigers offense was couldn't was, get defense going. Couldn't get defense going. Missed tackles all over the place. You couldn't stop mm-hmm. uh, UAB, which we learned um, about an hour before the game that their starting quarterback uh, was going to be out. So they threw out about three guys, just kind of alternating them every couple of snaps. Um, and the defense just, I mean, it was really a lot of missed tackles, but they kind of uh, shored up in the second half and, and looked like a completely different team. I think when you win with your B or C game, you are, you're pretty good and you're really lucky. Yeah, no, luck, luck certainly. Um, and I think uh, both those teams were, were very lucky this weekend. We have so much to discuss. And then yesterday I'm driving back. Oh, man. I'm somewhere on 65 or... 72 or somewhere, 78, not 72, 78. If I was on 72, I, my, my mapping system was really bad. <laughs> but I'm somewhere on the road yesterday, and I probably shouldn't be, but I'm scrolling through the Twitter machine and driving. I think I'd actually even stopped. I, I, I do, I swear. And because I try not to distract driving, be distracted while I'm driving. Better man than I. I know. And we all need to be more careful. Yes, we do. Uh, but the news mm. of Stephen Adams, it yeah. just changes Everything it was it 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 was soul crushing, and the reason why and I'm I'm sorry I can't I can't mask it with some faux optimism and you know the rally effect because we saw clear cut last year from January 31 on yeah. just what that void really means. Yeah, I mean uh, Brett, how about this? I was sitting in church when that news came down. I I had my watch on and I kind of scrolled down and saw and I almost jumped up and said, "Preach! We need to we need to say a group prayer Pass right now." I mean, we we got to pray for the Grizzlies, but a uh, love offering. Um, but no, I mean it, it was. You're absolutely right. I mean this this injury to Steven Adams, the fact that he's going to be out for the entire year, is a bigger blow than John Morant missing the first 25 games of Much the season. Bigger. Because you, like you just said, you saw what this team looked like uh, in, ter- in the interior when Steven Adams missed uh, last year. Guards, plenty of guards. they got great guards on this team. But inside, you really don't have a great rebounder with Steven Adams not out there. I remember a lot of people preseason when it looked like Steve-O was going to be able to go and looked like he was, he was ready, and and people were saying, man, 
this team with Steven Adams in on the court, it worries me. Mm-hmm. And now we're, we're going to have to see it um, an entire season. And, and I know a lot of people are optimistic that the front office is going to make a move, try to bring uh, somebody in with kind of his same style of play. But, I mean, as much as we kind of a couple years ago when that trade was made thought, oh, Steven Adams is going to come in here and it's just kind of an add-on. And we love Valanchunas. And we love Valanchunas. But, I mean, how big Steven Adams has been for this team, it, you really can't even put it into words. Here's one that we we missed in his absence last year and will be missed this year when he turns almost into NFL you know franchise left tackle on the offensive end clearing people out for the straight line drives for jaw to the oh, rack yeah. oh absolutely I mean his screen setting um yeah I, a lot of people talk about his rebounding but you're right the the screen setting um that he brings for those guards is is one of the best in in the game right now from a true center and so uh and when when the prevailing defense around the NBA yeah. now for Jai is don't let him drive exactly make 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 him you know play hang around out at out at the arc uh, yeah now he he won't be able to drive you know, barring what they do with the deal and I do trust this this front office I don't know if it's quite the just unmitigated trust I once had their their peak level but it's still really high. I mean, if I had to put a percentage on it, it'd be around 80 or 90. It was a time in this front office, they just, everything they touched turned to gold. And, and then it started changing a little bit. And I'm afraid with this and with their continuing coy nature of, of less rather than more yeah. on injury, every team takes a lot of public monies. Mm-hmm. Whether it's for the arena or the, the new workout place or whatever it is, everybody does that. But at a time where we're getting ready to collectively, as a community, dig deep. Now, individually, I, I would say most people's part of their tax bill out of the new spending on football and, and, and basketball stadium and whatever they might spend on, it might approach what you're spending on coffee a month right i, I mean you're, you're not going to get a bill and go honey you know I, <laughs> I don't know if we can stay here over the bill for the grist it's just not gonna be anything approaching that but at a time where you're asking people in that big number uh, uh, you know around town to do this i think you need to shoot your customers straighter yeah. than they have been i don't think you I don't think you play that head fake game with your customer as much as they have on the injury front news. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things when you talk about, I don't want to say not trusting the front office, but just this kind of... uh, It erodes the trust. It it does. And and, I mean, you look at, I don't know how other front offices operate uh, around the league. About like it, because everybody is so top secret now. But I mean... And and this Michigan staffer stuff is just going to make it worse. It's just going to make it worse. But I mean, you look at... uh, you look at a lot of the reporters around. I mean, I know DeMichael Cole, who we'll talk to later today, Drew Hill. Um, you know, it, it seemed like it was a, a complete shock to them when it came out. It would, uh, people around the, the organization, it seemed like it was We're a shock. Stunned. I mean, you, as reporters, you usually kind of hear things around and maybe it's not news yet but you kind of get the you kind of get it before everybody else or you hear it around and and i'm sure it did and so i mean you know that's the thing that that is shocking to me because you know we've talked to michael about this and 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 on air and off air and, and he said you know when it comes to injuries 
we find out when everybody else finds out, and we don't know anything more than, than anybody else knows. And, and what we have seen in the past couple of years is it's very little that comes out from this team about injuries. And so for Steven Adams, when— And, of course, who reported it first? Uh, I don't even—who was it? I don't know. Oh, it was, it was Woj, wasn't of, it? Of or course. Shams, one of the two. It was Woj, um, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, and so uh, I, it, was, it was certainly one of them. Um, and so— but but just the fact that he has been out since January last year, and it was always he'll be ready around around time. He'll be ready around time. Then he's playing Back in, in preseason games. You're, you're right. He's playing in preseason games. He looks good. It looks like everything is going really well, and he's going to be fine for the regular season. And then what? Four days before opening day, three days before before opening day, bombshell drop. And not only is he going to be out for a month, two months, he's going to be out for the entire season. I mean, I, you can't sugarcoat it. This is a massive, massive. loss for this team. And, and and okay, so they they may make a deal, and we'll see how the deal how 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 that works. But if they and if they don't do something, I, I tried to I tried to Google yesterday the record. For a player fouling out in one year, and I all I, I couldn't get a I couldn't get a season number. I got career numbers. Jaron Jackson would would foul out if they raise the fouls to eight game eight, eight fouls a game. I mean, he will be a foul machine, uh, having to be that. I mean, we we saw it in in the in the FIBA yeah FIBA games oh, yeah. in in the Philippines. It, it was it was it was really sad. Yeah, uh, to 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 see that and to see him kind of steal that unfundamental, that gangly, that out of position, still when being asked to play that role. Now, when it's a different role, more not low post, sure. it, 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 it's defensive player of the year absolutely, stuff. Absolutely. It, it, it is. But that, that's with Stephen Adams also back there defending that cup. I want this at the text line, 901-360-8255. Whatever your win total was – how much does this lop off of that? Mm. If you were at whatever the number is, if you were at fifty-five, uh, how, how much does this lop off? If you were at forty-six, I was at. I, we were going to do this. We are going to do this official with the official stamp on go. Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to do win total. I was at forty-seven. Okay. I'm down to at least forty two or forty one wow. now. Wow. I uh I mean I, I if not more. I had I I mean Jay Morgan texted me uh when we were talking about it yesterday after the news came out and he told me point blank, he said when that news came out, I went to whatever sports book he used to him. That's and, and, and got the under because I mean this just changes it so what, much. What was that number? Forty six and a half? Forty six and a half, forty something like that. I, I don't what remember. It, what did it adjust to? Let's see what it is right now. You're gonna have to give me a second. But but, um, but I, I want people to give us that number at nine zero one three six zero eight two five five. I I don't I don't want to do the Grizzlies freak out thing. I don't think we have in the last eleven minutes. But this is huge, no, it's, and, it's and we know it is because we saw life without him last year. We saw a team last year. Okay, I won't say NBA Finals, but dang sure, mm-hmm. Western Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. They didn't sniff of that. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and you just saw, I mean, it seemed like every single game, uh, especially in the playoffs, we would come in and say, it was the rebounding, it was the rebounding, they got out-rebounded, they couldn't get off- offensive rebounds specifically, he, he, no he, second chance opportunities. His passing off a rebound to get the break going is something that will be badly yeah, missed. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, right now, on on the first sports book that I opened, um, it looks like the Grizzlies' win total is now down to 45.5, which I... Okay, so I don't not, remember. Not a yeah, I think it was about forty six and a half, maybe. Okay, um, last time that I makes looked. me feel better. It, now everyone's hammering. Probably should have known that before I went off the last eleven minutes. Well, everyone's hammering the under. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah. So I mean, it's well, I don't mind that because the public's usually always wrong. That, that's that's a good point. So I mean, we'll see what they do. Like you said, uh, it sounds like a lot of people think they'll make a move. Um, and so we'll have to wait and see kind of what kind of move they can make to try to. To try to get somebody down there because I mean, like you said, Jaron is is not a five. Um, he is a four. As much as it, ever since he's been drafted, everybody has wanted him to be a five, and he just formidable has not, four. Yes, he has not developed into a five, and, and I don't think he will. He's a four, and he's a fine four, but um, I don't think you can rely on him. Uh, I think ones and fives are born. Yeah, you don't make them one. right. And, and it sounds like at least starting off, you're gonna have Tillman at the five, which Tillman has has done a a fine job. Um, but he's Until not a man named Hashimura yes, showed. Uh, that is true. I mean, he's Do just look like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> he is just not Stephen. I mean, there there are very little Stephen. I've I've very few times seen a man go over and pick up another forward and carry him multiple right. steps until I saw Steven Adams do it. There's just not many people like him in the modern NBA. And, and I, I don't want to be too big in the blame game. He can't help. He got hurt last January right. 31st. He can't help. Even the the diagnosis and the 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 long rehab and the willy wonty, but they can be more candid yes. with their ticket buying public. That is a bad look, and that's how that's how it erodes in the front office we trust. Yeah, when I don't, I don't even necessarily blame the. And fr- I know they don't care. No, they don't care. But I don't necessarily blame the front office for trying to go a different route than surgery to try to make him, you know, healthy enough to play. But like you said, I, I wish there was a little more transparency mm-hmm. on the whole situation than there was because, like you said, there there was just none. But I think for the amount of public money yeah. that's been dropped into, and we're glad to have it, but in dropped into Bill Street, DBA, Memphis Grizzlies, uh-huh. we need a little more transparency. No, I agree on that. I, I certainly agree because I, I, I don't think it's much to ask. I don't think uh, anybody saw that uh, that bombshell drop. I mean, in at least yesterday. feed it to your media yeah, arm. Yeah, I mean about that that media arm about the biggest thing they breaks. Who's the entertainment on MLK Day? Yeah, well, you're you're right about that. Um, but I mean, because you're right. Now that I'm starting to think about it. I did see a couple of people from their own uh, media department tweeting out after that news drop saying, I did not see this coming. This is a shock. I, you know, I feel sick, whatever. Um, and and I, I know from that world, if they did and they had let it fly Friday, sure. they're gone Monday. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, I mean, it's a tricky game, but it's, it's really, uh, I mean, it's, it's a blow. It really is. And this team, 
I don't think will be the same without Steven Adams, and it, it's just a huge loss. But uh, let me set up today's show before we get to top and not top story of the day. Uh, 3.30, Jonah Dillon from the Commercial Appeal. He's the Tiger football beat writer. He'll join us. We'll talk about the Battle of the Bones. The Bones back here uh, in the Mid-South after the, after the Tigers beat UAB. We'll get Jonas' thoughts on that. We'll also... Did you hear Reese Davis on game day Saturday? Did he about talk the about the Bones? No, I missed that. And he said classic matchup. Oh, the Rendezvous versus Dreamland. Oh, I love it. That's beautiful. Well, we'll talk to Jonah about the Tigers, what they did over the weekend, and what they've got coming up this weekend against North Texas. 345, we'll take a look at the college football top 25 Four o'clock, David Cobb from CBS Sports will join us. We'll talk college football and college basketball with him at 4.30. We'll get to our Sissy's Log Cabin look back at the weekend in the SEC. Kind and of you a, nailed bingo on Friday. You, you I said, sure did. You, you said there would be a lot of play for the Bones. And oh, yeah. There, there was. There was a lot. Now, I was happy to see it. Um, and, and kind of a, a slim week for our Sissy's Log Cabin look back at the weekend in the no SEC. No kidding. Not much, uh, but we'll, we'll get not, to Not much. You know, we're not spending a long time on LSU 62 no, no, no. nothing over the Army. No, no, no. No, no, we'll spend very little time on that one. Uh, 4.45, we'll get to big number of the day. 5 o'clock, DeMichael Cole from the Commercial Appeal. He's the Grizzlies beat writer. He'll join us to talk about the Grizzlies. We'll obviously talk about uh, the Steven Adams situation, what the Grizzlies uh, do now that he'll be out for the season, and uh, first game of the year, Wednesday night against the Pelicans. So we'll get into all of that at 5 o'clock. 5.30, we'll get to our Roots Chris Monday night football preview and pick. We'll also get to our big four quarterbacks for both the Vikings and the 49ers. We're going to do two lists this time, so four for each list. Um, and for you have both, Joe Cap on your Viking list? I unfortunately do not. Um, Gary Quazzo? I do not have Gary Quazzo. Bob no. Lee? Uh, I do not have okay. Bob Lee. Uh, I think a little more modern than, <laughs> gotcha. than those names. Uh, and then at 545, we'll wrap up today's show, uh, just like we always do uh, with Taco Bell Crunch Time. But let me remind you, we're in our Family Leisure Studios where family and fun come together. The Overstock Sale. Family Leisure needs your help to clear out their overstock inventory. Select patio sets up to 50% off. Play gyms under $2,000. Extended sale pricing on all in-stock hot tubs and swim spas. The winter pool closing items are up to 30% off pool tables and game room items up to $700 off for their in-stock items. They've also got saunas, massage chairs, arcades, and theater seating. All of that uh, with free delivery and the special financing is still available, but only at Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Gary Quazzo, who went to dental school here in Memphis, really? in, in that same class had Billy Cannon in it and old Miss Great Mike Dennis all in the same dental school. <laughs> wow, a little trivia for you on a Monday afternoon. For, for, formidable uh, offensive standouts for How sure. All of those. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and online at Lexus of memphis.com the one and only lexus dealership in town call them at 901-334-9673 great offers on all 2023 models and always special leasing options drive in luxury and confidence knowing that every new lexus comes with complimentary first and second maintenance services stop by lexus of memphis at 2600 ridgeway and put yourself in the driver's seat of the all-new 2023 flagship ls500 and you'll be looking you'll be driving in style when you purchase the lexus you you get top-of-the-line engineering and design, and they make for the luxury driving experience. Online at LexusOfMemphis.com. Experience amazing. Experience amazing at Lexus of Memphis. Top story of the day. 
Well, my top story of the day is what we spent the first 15 minutes today talking about is the Steven Adams injury to the Memphis Grizzlies. I think is this, it local sports story of the year? Leader in the clubhouse. It, it, it really could be. I mean, this is this is a huge blow. And, you know, a lot of people have talked about the John Morant suspension for, for obvious reasons. But That was a big one. You saw the Grizzlies go out. They added Marcus Smart. Right now. It, it really could be. But, but you saw what they did in the offseason to kind of try to get this Grizzlies team through that 25 games. They go out and get Marcus Smart. They go out and get Derrick Rose. And so from a guard standpoint, it looks like they'll be all right. But in the front court, we've seen what this team has looked like without Steven Adams. They didn't add any depth to that front court because, I mean, they thought they would have it with Steven Adams as your starting center. Um, or did they? I mean, have they known for a long time that we were probably going to get to this option? And so we'll see what they do now. It sounds like Xavier Tillman will start at the center. We'll see what he can do. But I remember looking at box scores after watching a lot of those playoff games. I mean, you didn't even need to, to look at the box score. You could just see it watching those games. Offensive rebounds were completely eliminated when Steven Adams uh, was not playing, and we saw those second chance opportunities, those offensive rebounds, the screen he, he screens he sets uh, were huge for the Grizzlies, and you lost all of that in the playoffs. And we saw what the Grizzlies did in the playoffs; they didn't go very far. And so we'll see what this team can do without him. We'll see if they go out and make a move in the next couple of weeks to try to bring in a, a big man of the kind of similar style of Steven Adams that can do those same things. But for right now, um, we, we know he'll be out. And we know uh, Tillman will start at the five. Jaron, it looks like, will start at the four. And we'll see what this team can do. But still, regardless of that injury, I'm stoked for Wednesday night. I, I, I can't too. wait. I am too, but th- this this has done something to that. Yeah. Now on the, on that trade front, you got to give to get, oh, and absolutely. you're really going to have to give to get on the eve of the season, and everybody knowing you're yep. desperate, mm-hmm. and that's some of the reason for the coyness. Yes. Because you know if it had gotten out in July or August, or when, you know they did give a, a, a go during preseason. But once they know you're desperate, that's when the asking price really goes up mm-hmm. from those other teams. And I don't blame them. That's that's life in the big leagues. It's my top story as well. And it's a sad one. Steve Adams' injury news is devastating. We saw, we learned his importance to this team last year in his absence. We knew it in his presence. It was clear cut in his absence. Went from a Western Conference championship contender to a team that couldn't stop Austin Reeves and Rui Hashimura in a first-round exit. There's so many layers to the story. Another one is the team. I'm going to be nice and say indifference, coy, whatever you want to call it, to the whole truth and nothing but the truth. This front office has, is about to use up a lot of the goodwill it built up, and they've done it with injury news is always so misleading. So head fake here, don't look over there. The, the medical the medical news is hurting them more than player personnel mm-hmm. news. Uh, it, it's going to be a heavy load for Ja to carry whenever he returns after the 25 games is when he's going to return or wherever, whenever to it. And he's going to have to have a great year after he returns because next spring, and who really thinks now this team is a deep run, if the Grizzlies lost in the first round again next year, now that would be through five years of Ja winning one playoff series. Mm. 
Not top story of the day. That could have been your not top story. Just that right mm-hmm. there. That's uh, that's rough. My not top story of the day is the college football Saturday over the weekend. From Quinn Ewers being injured in a Texas win to Alabama po- puffing on cigars after a win over Tennessee. Jenny Dale presenting it a sure cigar. Did. A cigar. Virginia. Not a whole box the like big last year. Yeah, no. But hey, still had the cigar there. Virginia pulling the big upset. Over 10th-ranked North Carolina, Ole Miss uh, getting a big win on the road at Auburn. It was was unbelievable. But I think maybe the biggest win of the day, Ohio State with a 20-12 win over Penn State. I know, you look at that. You look at that box score and say, that is a one-score game. Penn State never looked like they were in it after about the first quarter, and for that reason, I one think one for sixteen on third down. Oh yeah, it was it was it was pitiful. But Ohio State, it, I shouldn't say it was pitiful because it was that Ohio State defense. That offense looked good. That defense looked good. Brett, I think the Associated Press Top 25 did a di- disservice this week. Ohio State should be ranked number one. They have shown it every single week this season. They have blown out the opponents they're supposed to blow out. They have beaten now two top 25 teams in Notre Dame and Penn State. Who's got better wins than that? Who does? Nobody. Ohio State should be number one. The only reason Georgia is still number one is because they've won the last Damn national SEC. championship. This is not a power ranking. <laughs> this is the AP Top 25. <laughs> My not top story from the SEC, Tennessee. You've had two big moments so far this year, and you failed in both of them. At the Swamp, didn't show, didn't didn't, and didn't and even get started. And at Bryant-Denny, didn't finish, didn't end the game. And now, the whining about the officials. Come on, you're not really going to do this, are you? Bama had one <laughs> penalty all day for five yards. Wow. It's nowhere in the rule book that everybody gets the same number of penalties called. That would be patently unfair to the one violating more. If one's violating it 20 times, but you only, you're supposed to call everybody with 10 each, uh-huh. then you got an advantage 10 times. Tennessee, come on, don't, don't do, don't do this. <laughs> Joe Milton was good. He wasn't average Joe. He was pretty good Joe on Saturday, yeah. but couldn't get it done. And now it looks like Tennessee, after going to that Orange Bowl this year, where's Steve Spurrier when we need him? Mm. Can't spell citrus without UT. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Well, and I have a team out of the college football playoff. Do you? Tennessee. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I'll do it for top and not top story of the day. Uh, we'll get back to a lot of college football talk. We'll talk about it in our next segment when we talk Tigers with Jonah Dillon. That's next on Sports Time. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you and joining us now to talk about the Tigers and their game over the weekend down in Birmingham against UAB. Jonah Dillon 
from the Commercial Appeal. He's the Tigers beat writer for the football team. He joins us now. Jonah, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, for the Tigers this weekend, first half a little shaky for them. Uh, but it wasn't the offense this time. It was the defense. Some missed tackles. Um, uh, letting UAB with, uh, I guess, three backup quarterbacks in, you could say. Running a three-quarterback system. Um, had a, a lot of good opportunities early. But the second half, they smoothed out. Looked like a much better team. What did you make of Saturday's win? Yeah, well, it was it was certainly a bizarre game. The, the first half was basically everybody... I think including the, the Tigers defense, trying to figure out who was playing quarterback for UAB and mm-hmm. what they were trying to do. Uh, they scored on three plays on the first drive, and they were just kind of, throughout the first half, I mean, it was to the point where they were changing quarterbacks play to play, and because there was a time in the second half where somebody threw an interception, and it took us a while to even figure out who the quarterback was that had thrown it. And because <laughs> one of the quarterbacks was like a running quarterback, the first guy who was in there was doing pretty well, but then they took him out and they started changing with some other guys, so... It was a it was a bizarre game. It took Memphis a while, like you said, to kind of grow into it. And the first half was kind of that role reversal where it's been the offense that's had the slow starts in the past couple of games, while the defense has kind of kept the team in the game. And it was the opposite against UAB. It was the offense scoring consistently while the defense was struggling to figure it out. And then once the defense got under control in the second half, uh, the game was kind of over. Memphis pulled away pretty quickly. Jonah, you're right. You got the full tutorial on the UAB quarterback situation. You may not see that many UAB quarterbacks next spring in their spring game. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I thought, you know, it, it was bizarre because Jacob Zeno, who's their usual starting quarterback, um, was out there doing warm-ups. He was, he was preparing. So I was hearing from a couple people asking me, is Zeno going to play? And I didn't even realize that he was an injury question. Um, I guess he had taken a hit in the game the week before. Real late and, and hard, yeah. When the concussion protocol, yeah. But but And then Trent Dilfer said after the game, UAB's coach, obviously, that um, that he that Zeno cleared protocol, but that he didn't feel confident putting him out there. But it looked like that decision was made you know, really close to game time. I'm talking about 20, 25 minutes before kickoff. He was wow. out there warming up. And so at that point, obviously we were assuming he was going to go and their strategy without him was not to just put in the backup. It was the guy who came in first, I think was the third string. Then we saw a fourth string quarterback. And then we saw the backup eventually who we thought was going to be the guy who just played quarterback for them. So it was, uh, I, I'm going to guess we're not going to see three different quarterbacks playing, uh, for the same team the rest of the season, but, it is college football, so never say never. That that was a topper. I mean, it got down to – I mean, you really have to wonder if some of the people on the team knew who that third guy was. Yeah, well, he was – there was one guy who was – you could tell he was more of a running quarterback. Um, and it really – because the first two drives, the guy who was in there was moving them down the field. The first drive, it took him three plays. And then the second drive, they pulled off some kind of – I think it was like a six-minute drive where they basically got everything they wanted and they just marched down the field. And then they changed quarterbacks after that, which I'm going to guess obviously was was planned before the game. But at the time, we were kind of like, well, this guy, you know, Memphis has no answers for the first guy. So maybe you just stick with him. And uh, that that really just all, all those things happening made it just a bizarre first half. And you could tell that, you know, Memphis was obviously caught off guard. And then whatever happened at halftime, they went in there, they figured out, you know, this is the number of this guy. If he's in there, quarterback, we need to do this. This is the other guy. This is the other guy. And once they came out for the second half, it was just a totally different game. Jonah, my biggest takeaway coming out of the Tulane game, I voiced this last week in our discussion, 
is I left that game thinking Memphis has a good team. I know they have a good team. And I think you are really good when you win by 24 on the road against anybody when I think you play your C game. And I think that's what it was Saturday for Memphis over UAB. Yeah, I think the second half was, was pretty much the, if you want to be optimistic about this team and exactly what you're talking about, because we've seen it all season, we just haven't seen it consistently. That second half was as close to a complete performance as we've seen mm-hmm. from them because the defense had everything going. You know, not only, not only did UAB stop moving the ball, but they turned it over and the defense obviously failed to force a turnover against Tulane and then really just took control of the game with the turnovers against UAB. And when you do that and then you move the ball offensively, it doesn't have to be flashy, but if you consistently move the ball, um, this team, you know, they, they can compete with anyone. And that's, that's one of the things, you know, we're talking about the defense and, and rightfully so. But the offense, you know, Seth Hennigan just had a, you know, we say it as a negative connotation, but he had a game manager type of game. He moved the ball and he made plays when he needed to. The run game was working. It was there. And it shows you can win a game like that. It doesn't have yeah. to be some kind of shootout. You don't have to throw over 400 yards. You know, you can rely on your defense, get turnovers, and then pounce on your opportunity. Team sport. Absolutely. Jonah, I didn't even realize until I saw your tweet on Saturday that that was Simeon Blair's first career interception. Uh, it, how big has he, Simeon Blair, and also Chandler Martin, both as transfers coming into this defense, how big of an impact have they made on this defense? Yeah, Simeon Blair, he, he's, I was surprised when they, they told us that, the, the SIDs after that, because you assume, you know, he's played college football for yeah. so long and he's played at a high level, you would assume as a safety you'd have one, but um, you know, he's one of those guys where he has such a tangible impact both on and off the field. To be a to be a captain of a team as a transfer is really impressive. And, and obviously, we know that he came from Arkansas and was already a, tra- a captain there. Um, but you can tell how quickly he's been impact on this team and how important he is. You know, aside from stats, interceptions, things like that. Um, Trevor Martin is obviously the team's leading tackler. He came from ETSU and is somebody who had a really good pedigree there. But obviously, that's a that's a lower level, so you never know with some of these guys what it's going to look like when they jump up because um, he was playing in FCS school. There's a, there's a lot of guys. If you look at the defense, I mean, Diego Brumfield, who I, I wrote about earlier in the season, came from Campbellsville, which is NAIA, which isn't even in the NCAA. Um, he came right into Memphis and is a starter at cornerback. So it, it's, it's really interesting to see where they're looking to find these guys because those three guys all coming from totally different places, different levels of competition, um, and they've all had a huge impact so far this season. That's a really good point, especially when you throw in Diego Brumfield, because he, he's played, had a really good season as well. Uh, Kobe Drake, uh, another guy that we've talked about a lot. Um, he was the leading receiver on Saturday and has really, they were talking about him, um, on fan the broadcast. Favorite. He's become a fan favorite, a almost Swiss Army knife, maybe a, a, uh, a guy that Seth Hennigan looks to when he's in trouble. Uh, what have you made of the season, uh, that Kobe Drake is having? Yeah, I was going to tweet this up the game. I think he might be the most beloved player on the team right now among, <laughs> among fans because it feels like every time he does anything, people are, are ready to, to praise him, right? Um, he's, he's one of those guys, you know, he's, he's got an incredible story, and, and part of it is also that he, he was a walk-on when he got here as a receiver, and he's part of this kind of train now. It started with Anthony Miller and then Calvin Austin um, of guys who came to Memphis as walk-ons at receiver. And then went through the, the program, kind of learned from each other. Obviously, Kobe talked a lot about when I talked to him and did a story on him earlier this season. He talked about his relationship with Calvin Austin and how important that is. Um, 
And now he's a guy who's contributing, and yeah, he had a career high, uh, I think, six catches on Saturday. And the thing that's interesting is that he's he's that guy on third down that Seth Hennigan looks for. You can tell earlier in the season that it was kind of like, you know, who's that target going to be, that security blanket type of guy? And it's become Kobe Drake. He's the guy across the middle of the field on third down that Seth Hennigan is looking for a lot. Um, when I talked to Kobe Drake about it, he said, yeah, I want to be the guy on third down, but I also want to be the guy on first and second down. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so he wants he wants an even bigger role. He's obviously the punt returner as well. Um, and you can see how his role has grown throughout the season, and I would expect him to be a big part of the offense moving forward. He played high school football and is from Whitehall, Arkansas. That's right outside Pine Bluff. They played really good high school football. But I just wonder what kind of offense they ran. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was like a lot of these offensive now that are very uh, pass-oriented or not. We're visit, visiting with Jonah Dillon from the Commercial Appeal. He covers all things Memphis Tigers and does a great job with it. And you make it easy on game day to not be there and be able to keep up with everything going on, Jonah. And I, and I love that aspect of it. As I, I was away and couldn't – I got to watch some but didn't get to watch all. So coming out of the Chilean game, almost to a man, led by Seth Ennigan, they said, we got to win out. Well, one down, five to go. Yeah, in a, in a sense, they went – you know, you're, you're going to go win on the road. It's going to be difficult. It had been difficult for Memphis under Ryan Silverfield. Um, I believe it was 4-12 and 12 before this game since he's been the coach on the road. Um, and Memphis went out and like, like we talked about, it was shaky in the first half, but ultimately you, you go out on the road, you win by 24 points. Um, you know, we know that UAB has struggled this season. Um, but again, it's a win on the road. I, I think one of the things interesting coming out of the game, when you look at the way that UAB approached it, especially with the, the quarterback, it was almost like they approached it coming in. Okay. This is a team where we're big underdogs against and we're going to have to, create a chaotic game and hope that we can come through it the way you would expect a team that's playing a team from another level to kind of approach it of like, we need to do something different to make sure that we can kind of throw them off guard. And obviously they're a team that's new to the conference this season. I'm kind of interested to see Memphis has a stretch here. North Texas obviously is coming up on Saturday and then mm-hmm. Charlotte in a couple of weeks. Those are teams that are new to the conference. Kind of interested to see if they approach it the same way of like Memphis is a team that might be at a higher level than us. And we need to do something different to give ourselves a chance to win. A really fun year is unfolding for the Memphis Tigers. All right, Jonah, two things, and we get we got to get out. But I want to ask you, do you feel like you were cheated not having the Legion field experience? Mm. And the second question, are you shocked that we eat barbecue for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? <laughs> okay, well, I'm not shocked by the second one. Okay, uh, good. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think I was cheated. I think uh, – Look, Protective Stadium was, I believe, open two years ago. It was as nice a stadium as I've ever been in, sure just is. because everything was so new. Um, the press box was was wonderful, and especially getting used to, uh, you know, the, the Liberty Bowl is nice, but you but miss not, nothing in around. Legion Field, Jonah. Nothing. It's been around for a while, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, Legion Field. It, it would have been cool. Uh, I wouldn't have complained, but you know, Protective Stadium. There we go. Check another one off the list, and that uh, was a good experience. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Well, it should be a fun one this weekend. Like you said, Tigers uh, playing North Texas uh, down at their place. I think uh, eight-point favorite right now for the Tigers in a road game. But, Jonah, thanks so much for joining us. And hopefully next week when we uh, talk to you again, we'll be uh, talking about another Tiger win. 
Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, Jonah. Jonah. Keep the great work going. It, and I, I, I know any any new stadium, any new experience is great. But Brian, when I, I tell you about the old timers, when we talk about the Coliseum, oh yeah, believe it. Uh-huh. Legion Field, no. I uh, it, it, it was fun to go to. Yeah, it was not nice when it was nice. Right. I I the only time I went to Legion Field was when uh, the Tigers played Auburn in the uh, in the Birmingham yeah. Bowl. And I was still like, I think I was like in high school, I guess. And so I like, I wasn't su- I was a little familiar with like the history of Legion Field. My dad was talking about it on the way. And then we got here and I was like, this is like the, the historic Legion Field. And it was the football capital of the South. Right. It was self-proclaimed that. And it was with all those games, Auburn playing games there, Alabama playing games there, and then UAB years later. But it was never nice. Mm, mm. Well, it certainly wasn't nice when I uh, when I was there. And if I recall, like the the steps were real steep or something like that. Like it was it was kind of well, hard well, to. It is is my family told me after going to the Birmingham Bowl there, like like row seventeen, the step maybe I'm just using numbers here yeah. might be twenty two inches, right? Right. And right. then row nineteen might be thirty one, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. row twenty might be ten. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Like they were all uneven, and like it was just very weird. My, my um, mother battled it all day. She, nice. she 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 couldn't she she didn't do well with those steps. Luckily, our seats were like you just went down a couple steps, and then it was like to the left, so we didn't have to deal with the the steps very long. But yeah, it's uh, I guess uh, pro- what pro- progressive field is that. What it's now mm-hmm. um i've heard Pro- I've, protective, protective stadium. stadium i've heard great things about it connor was there he said it was really nice um he said this, the uab student section wasn't all that but uh but hey you know whatever but uh let's go ahead and get to a break when we come back we're going to talk about the updated top 25 the associated press top 25 that came out yesterday we'll do that next on sports time be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Well, Brett, we've got a new Top 25 after another week of games. Most of it, a uh, little change, I guess. The biggest... Meet, old boss meet the new boss. Yeah, really. Um, but uh, a couple a couple big fallers, I guess. North Carolina, obviously, after that loss to to Virginia. At home. Dropped seven spots. Yeah, at home. Uh, on the CW, by, by the way. I don't know how many how many college football games you've watched on the CW. I turned to CW, year. and all I saw was One Tree Hill. You didn't. You, wow, you didn't see live or college football. No, wow, no. missed missed all their sports. I guess uh, USC also uh, a big fall. They dropped to uh, twenty four. Uh, they dropped six spots after the loss to Utah. USC. I mean, these last last couple weeks have just been rough stuff. That defense just getting all on their way. That offensive line too. That offensive Caleb line, Williams absolutely. having to do it alone. They really have yeah. fallen. They're down to twenty four. Mm. UCLA one spot ahead of SC. <laughs> uh, Georgia number one, Michigan two, Ohio State three, Florida State four, mm-hmm. Washington five, Oklahoma six. I have no problem with any of that. You could change a couple of those in there. Fine. Ohio State should be one. It, 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 it will all sort out. We will play yes, it, it out. We have a playoff in college football. It's called the regular season. We've always had it. It's really yeah, we weird. Have. We've just never had a bracket. Now we even have a bracket in college that? football. Texas in at seven. They've got real questions now with Quinn yeah, Ewers out. 
Arch Manning's first significant playing time yeah. and the re- very real potential of blowing his red shirt mm-hmm. now exists. I know they wanted to just play him in those four games that still shields him from losing yeah. eligibility. I think he will now that will get blown mm. uh, and especially will if you know if, if another injury occurred and that is similar to how Uncle Peyton had oh, to hit the right. field opening night yeah. uh, way back when out at Los Angeles. Uh, against you, uh, against UCLA in the 1994 season, the rest of the top 25, uh, the rest of the top 10 rather, uh, Texas seven, Oregon eight, Bama in there at nine, Penn State at 10. Mm-hmm. Did you think the Penn State fall was right too much or too little? Uh, I think it was right. I mean, uh, you know, you just drop a couple spots. I didn't think it was too much of a of a drop, but I mean, I I think they need to drop. I think. All three of the teams that jumped in front of them uh, are playing really good football and, right now. And so right on their me. heels, who could you really make a case of? They did enough while Penn State right. was losing at yeah. the horseshoe to move ahead of them. That would be Oregon State at 11, mm, Ole yeah. Miss 12, Utah 13. Utah would have a case to sure. make there. Yeah, but I, I think their win over uh, over USC isn't as big as, as playing a pretty close game to, to Ohio State. The so. rest of this year, this is how I see it playing out. Okay. The worst-case scenario is unfolding for the Pac-12 that arguably has the best conference this year. Mm. USC is getting ready to be a wrecking ball. They're getting ready to devour everybody else. Somebody's going to lose in Oregon and Utah. Absolutely. Even the defeated team in that game is going to be really good the rest of the year. The the Pac-12 is going to take care of itself. It's going to cannibalize itself. I think the Big 12 is close to doing that. Let Oklahoma State beat OU in Bedlam uh, in two weeks, and, and that starts. I don't know that I see it in the ACC, and I don't know I see it past uh, the only two that really matter now in the Big Ten, and that's Michigan yeah. and, and Ohio State. For teams that want two teams in the college football playoffs, conference, for, wants conferences for have, to have two, you better hope the pack and the Big 12 start chewing yeah. each other up. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But, I mean – for the uh, for the ACC, I mean, Florida State, you got to be a little worried because I don't know who outside of Florida State can make the make that Final Four, and so I think I, all well, eyes on them. Then. They can't slip. No, not at all. So you're absolutely right. It's gonna be. It's gonna. Where be is fun the end. state championship game this year? It is in Gainesville. <laughs> wow. Oh. That's tough. That could be one that a lot of the the, Mm -hmm. the SEC would really be pulling hard in in that one. But still, so much football to play. But we're almost at two-thirds of the season uh, completed. We're we're getting close with the end of October October football coming up this weekend. Yeah, we talked a lot about the Battle of the Bones, and we we hear a lot about the the pride both regions take in barbecue. I ate some great barbecue while I was down there this weekend. I got home, and you know where I ate lunch today? I ate lunch at the Collierville Commissary, Houston Levy and Pop. And it was outstanding. Better than anything I had down there. We win in any matchup with down there. It's good. Ours is better. It just is. That Memphis-style barbecue and ribs done the slow-cooked Memphis way. If you're craving an easier way to order it, you can text commissary to 33733. But here's what you need to do for the holidays. Put in your order now at 901-754-5540. 
for all the spread come the first round of holidays at Thanksgiving and then in December, smoked turkey, homemade cornbread dressing, gravy, cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, green beans, rolls, butter, plates, utensils. Save someone all that work. Just let the commissary do it for you. You will, you will be so glad you did it. You'll be so glad you'll do it again at, at the next round of holidays. All this food, uh, whole turkeys and hams, all the sides, bulk pricing. If you're planning on eating all the items on Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day, you, you'll pick them up on the, the day before, and they'll be cold. You'll get all the heating instructions. And if you're eating the above items on a specific day before the holidays, they'll heat it up, and they'll take care of it all for you at the commissary where you can get all that great barbecue. And you can get what I also had today, a cup of Brunswick stew since it's that time of year, 901 754 Online at commissarybbq.com in Collierville and Germantown. The great party areas, the orders to go, catering, tailgating, and always time for the holiday food. The Collierville Commissary, Houston Levy and Poplar, are the original in Germantown. Let's go ahead and wrap up this hour and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk college football and college basketball with David Cobb. 